This is the Washington State Indivisible Podcast, part of the Demcast family of podcasts. I'm your host, Stephen Cox. Today, as part of our town hall series in partnership with the Washington Indivisible Network and Indivisible Tacoma, we speak with Joy Stanford, who is in a very competitive race for state representative in the 26th Legislative District. This was recorded live on the evening of Tuesday, October 6th. We are enormously fortunate tonight to have an extraordinary lineup of great candidates who are running for the state legislature, all of them in very close races. We will be hearing from a uh, candidate for representative in the 26th, uh, LD Joyce Stanford. She is with us. Representative Dave Paul and candidate for representative Angie Hamola in the 10th LD and David Hackney. He is candidate for representative in the 11th LD. And so let us meet our first guest. Joy Stanford is a former community outreach specialist with Shared Housing Services, and she's a substitute teacher in the Peninsula School District. She is running for state representative in position two in in, uh, the 26th LD, and this is a district that includes southeastern Kitsap Peninsula from Bremerton and Port Orchard in the north to Gig Harbor in the south. And Joy is a little short on voice tonight, so uh, I'm just going to say hello, Joy, and we're going to try and conserve your voice as much as possible. But hello to you. How are you doing? Good today. Thank you so much. Sorry about my voice, but I've just been talking to hundreds of voters. So it's good. It's good stuff. But I have strained my voice a little bit. We're going to get into how much you have been working. Um, I I want to start, though, with COVID, because, of course, for so many reasons right now in the news, this is very top of mind. When you and I both first spoke back in April, we talked about how the situation was impacting the 26th. What is the situation like there now? You know, like anywhere else, we've still got, you know, issues happening. Um, Small businesses are closing. They're struggling with their own paperwork on how to get help. Um, Students are online doing school and teachers and districts are working really hard in my district to make sure that um, that is like valuable and and great for our kids, for our parents. Um, We've got many folks that are stretched to the limit on their budgets. Um, No work. Um, business is closing, small business is closing. So we're in the situation that like any other district. However, I have said this since April, COVID, the silver lining of COVID-19 was that many providers and resources came together to work together cohesively and collaboratively so that they can help as many families as possible. And I saw that happening right here in my own district. So I'm pretty proud of that. And I'm pretty proud to be a part of that. Well, you're a part of it in a, in a different way as well that I want to point out to people. You were laid off from your position at Shared Housing Services, but you are still out there serving your community. Uh, Talk about some of the things that you've been doing personally to address the fallout from the pandemic. You know, um, it just never leaves you. You know, I'm a product of um, a shared housing situation, so it's, it's near and dear to me. And so people know they can call me. And I've had several calls over the last several months of people saying, who do we call for this, Joy? Who do we call for this? I've got a family that's living in their car. I got a lady that's living in her car or, you know, and so um, I'm just glad that I can be part of that solution that they feel like I'm a safe person that they can call. Um, And I'm still doing grassroots work, even though I'm not working per se for shared housing services, but I'm still, you know, telling people that's your go-to. If that, you know, that's just one option. Make sure, are you in a shelter? Make sure you've got rental assistance. 
There's a lot of programs out there and some people just don't know about them. So I feel great that I'm somebody that they can come to to understand how to get in touch with those resources. And well, since you're on the ground in such a meaningful way, we may be heading, experts say we may be heading into another wave of the pandemic as we get into fall and winter. You're very much, of course, tracking this situation. I will ask your assessment. What, in your view, are we doing right and what still needs to be worked on and addressed? Um, I think many people are following the guidelines. We're in phase two. You know, my district straddles two counties, Kitsap and Pierce. We're in phase two. Most folks are following the rules, masks. Washing hands six feet apart, no gatherings over five to 10. I know people are stretching that a little bit, but, um, you know, people are making sure they're following the rules. But um, and we're also trying to improve the 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 way we have to do things now, such as the platform, the online platform for kids at school. I, I know our teachers and our districts are working hard and I'm super excited about that. I had a community conversation with some parents. They seem very positive about that. Um I have another one coming up around healthcare, but I've been on calls with um, Dr. Chen from Pierce County, um, our health director, public health director. And so I think we are doing all we can do. We just have to take that whole wearing a mask is stepping on my civil liberties. Get rid of that. This is science. This is health. This is making sure we're, we're helping each other. It's about love. It's about compassion. It's about empathy and getting us all healthy so we can get back to opening back up our state and letting our kids go back to school and run free without a mask instead of them having to eat lunch by themselves with a mask on. So um, I I think we're doing all we can do to make sure we're doing the right thing. And Senate passed the HEROES Act. We need the money. We need the money. Show me the money. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I see the, everything that you've just said. I see so many heads nodding uh, in agreement right now. And, you know, uh, in, related to that, of course, is the discussion on health care uh, that you and I have had for a while. And I know that you've been talking to people in your district about the challenges uh, that they are facing with uh, with health care. Uh, this all, of course, has been extraordinarily exacerbated by the pandemic. What specifically are you hearing from people right now? Even today, I talked to a mom, special needs son. Um, She wants to make sure that she's gonna have her insurance and that it's gonna be affordable and that she could keep it. And I said to her, what you don't know is people like me, a candidate, I'm rationing my healthcare because my co-pays and co-insurances are so expensive. That means I don't go to the chiropractor more than two times a week and I don't go to any other thing that I have to pay $40 a copay more than two times a week because that's out of my budget. So I'm trying to relate to voters so they know I'm right there with you. A lot of people have lost their employer-sponsored insurance. That's hard when you've had this great insurance plan Then you're like, now what do I do? The great thing is I used to be a licensed broker. People are calling me or I'm on the phone with them. I'm like, you know what? I got somebody for you to call. I know a couple of licensed brokers. Where are you? Do you mind if I give them your number? They'll call you with the options that are available. They'll help you get through the online with the ACA, you know? And so that's the great thing about what I do. I'm always gonna stop and go, let me see if I can help you outside of it. And a lot of people are really surprised that I would do that too, but it's just who I am, it's what I do. Everybody needs somebody like you, Joy, and your community is very lucky to have you. I'm serious. Um, I will ask you this because we know that there is a 
there's, you know, there's, you're, you're alluding to this right now, the, the crisis around health care, the crisis of access to health care. The ideal, of course, is to get, give access to all Washingtonians. In that regard, how does your vision differ from that of your opponent? Um, I think, you know, I don't have special interests that I'm beholden to. So I don't have any, you know, other than, you know, my families, voters here, seniors, kids, people in my district, the people. So I don't have any special interest packs that I'm beholden to. Um, I like to think that we here in the 26th have what we need, but it was evident on a phone call that I was on that healthcare workers weren't, didn't have access to the resources they needed as far as PPEs. So that's important as an elected official. I wanna make sure in my district, we have the PPEs, the masks, the gloves, the ventilators. We've got, we know the process on which to how to handle a pandemic of this size. We learned very quickly once this pandemic hit, our public health system, oh my gosh, we did, did we practice enough? Did we think about this? So moving forward, let's do some forward thinking about making sure our processes are in place, making sure we've got PPEs right here in our own state. We could create jobs by manufacturing those PPEs and then give a job and then give the PPE to who needs it our first responders, our healthcare workers, our essential workers, grocery store clerks, all the folks that you see every day that you can go and, 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 and converse with on a very small scale in little time, but we'll be able to get out and do that. So I wanna make sure we have that here, particularly in my district. I Before I ask the next question, I want to acknowledge that Lori Fegan is on the call with us tonight. She's running uh, out in East Spokane. You're very popular, uh, Lori, so we're very happy to have you with us. So, um, Joy, I want to talk next about uh, an area, of course, that is right in your wheelhouse, which is housing and homelessness. Um, as former community outreach specialist for Shared Housing Services, you bring a unique approach to the housing crisis. Can you just expand on that a little bit for us? I do. Like I said earlier, I benefited from a shared housing um, program when I was a single mom. And so I always see a shared housing situation as a win-win situation for families. You bring two families together, whether it's two seniors, whether it's three veterans, and I'm thinking about all the matches that my coworker and I put together, whether it's a single mom and an older female, um, generational, you know, um, um, gatherings. It's so cool to watch this win-win situation where the family might be helping the homeowner who might be a senior um, on a fixed income and the senior home provider is helping the single mom or single dad. And so it's a win-win situ situation. I believe there's power in numbers. And when you bring families together and you bring people together like this, it can just only help. I also feel um, believe that we need to really look into these abandoned buildings, churches, schools, houses. We've got great, great um, nonprofits that are rehabbing houses and renting out rooms. So it might not have a communal common place other than the kitchen and uh, several bathrooms, but it is just another way to expand the options of affordable housing in a time of crisis. So I'm going to give a shout out to Dome Attack. I'm going to give a shout out to Progress House. Um, those are just a couple that I can think of. There, we have several home providers. I still say we, like I still work there, that are have a home, but they've you know divided it into different rooms and they're renting rooms, several rooms. 
um, to students because they know students need housing and sometimes housing isn't available or it's out of their you know, um, budget. So that's the kind of win-win situation that we need to expand on. And we need to get with the counties and the cities and be able to let those folks at the local level be able to say, we can change maybe our codes if we need to, to make this happen. And we can curb that crisis of homelessness because it's coming, the wave is coming post pandemic. We all know this. So I wanna make sure we're talking about it now. So it's not a shock when we start passing good policy around expanding affordable housing um, to, to help homelessness. You know, I'm so glad that you were able to expand on that in such a meaningful way because I caught a town hall that you did with Congressman Derek Kilmer and he had you touch on it, but you, you really only kind of scratched the surface of what it means to, to implement shared housing and, and, and repurposing. And, and I think it's such a, an out of the box way of looking at it and I just love it. We only have just a couple of minutes left and there are so many questions that I would like to get to. I will ask you briefly if you would touch uh, a little bit on addiction and mental health services in the 26. Talk about the need here and specifically how the need has been greater during the pandemic. Well, we know we have many folks that are having a hard time right now. The whole thing with the pandemic is what isolation, depression, the list is endless. Um, I really want to make sure that I'm part of the discussion and continue to be part of the discussion to pass the one-tenth of 1% tax here in Pierce County. They've done it in Kitsap County. They broke ground on a permanent supportive housing um, project in Kitsap County. We need to do that here in Pierce County. We need that money. Um, again, wanna give a shout out to Progress House who just um, opened up their first clubhouse, which is a model around helping people in town, in a neighborhood, have access to addiction specialists, to um, getting job training to um, help just being able to get out of the house and and just live normally and not have that stigmatization of, you know, mental health. And so I want to give a shout out to Progress House for that. I went to their grand opening, um, but we need to start building that. We're so behind. We don't have time to build all the housing we need. And, and, and we need to get on it now. We need to stop talking about it and move to do it and create it. Two last questions for you. I will ask you because I really want you to to kind of toot your own horn here. You've gotten some really high profile endorsements. Are there one or two that oh. are particularly <laughs> meaningful for you? Um, there's lots that are meaningful to me. Um, you know, most importantly, the unions and the union families who stepped up, the individuals. If you go on my website, you'll see the individuals who stepped up. You know, Congressman Kilmer, um, Larry Sequest, uh, County Councilman Deere. Um, young. I mean, there's so many, but you know, the one I wanted and I, I was like, was that Tacoma News Tribune? Um, <laughs> I didn't get it in 2018. Um, Cause I, and I knew I didn't. It's so interesting. I knew I didn't, I didn't talk enough. And I was kind of like, Oh, am I supposed to talk? Am I, what should I say? And, and th this time I was like, Oh, I, I know what I need to say. And I, I was right there. So, um, I'm super excited to receive that. I'm super proud and humbled. Um, and I and I just want to do right um, by the people in my district. There's several that are on right now. And I would not be here today without them. Um, everyone in my district in the 26th, because there's lots of individuals who 
are endorsing me. And I just want to say thank you. Well, as I said earlier, they're very, very fortunate to have you. And in addition to an extraordinary breadth of experience and expertise that you would bring to Olympia, you would also bring such an infectious sense of enthusiasm. Uh, you, you you make me smile every time we talk. And take care of that voice. <laughs> as I mentioned, uh, be propolis spray. I sent you the... Yeah. I sent you that. That'll that'll get you through. Yeah. All right. And your website is joyforwashington.com. Joyforwashington.com. I think my, oh, there's Fiona. That's my campaign manager. Thank you, Fiona. Um, Yes. And, you know, we need people to get on the phone banks. Um, Donate, donate, donate. The the campaign's not over, people. We are trying to get that commercial in every spot I can get it in. That costs money. Thank you so much for inviting me to do this. I truly appreciate all of you who are working so hard to get all of us elected, your tireless hours. There's not enough thank yous in the world that we can say, but I want you to know from my heart that I truly, truly appreciate each and every one of you. Well, thank you for that, Joy, and I will accept that on I'll behalf of the- I'll stay on, but I'll just go on mute. <laughs> okay, Joy Stanford, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thanks again to Joy Stanford. Thanks also to Kat Pipkin with the Washington Indivisible Network and Julie Andrzejewski with Indivisible Tacoma. And that is it for today. Our website is indivisiblepodcast.org and our email address is indivisiblepodcast at gmail.com. The Washington State Indivisible Podcast is a production of Get Creative Inc. and is part of the Demcast family of podcasts. Learn more about Demcast at demcastusa.com. Thanks this week to Catherine Fysears. Special thanks to Lori Cowell. And as always, my thanks to you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.